welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host, and I'm so glad that you're joining me for today's episode of our podcast. This is episode six in season five. I can't believe we're already at season five. It's crazy. I hope you're finding this season in particular to be helpful and encouraging and maybe a little bit challenging. Uh, That's usually what happens to me as I prepare these. I'm often challenged in areas that I need to grow in. So this season, we're talking about how to live in the season you're in, whether you're in the midst of busyness, in the early days of mothering, in the midst of caring for an elderly family member, maybe you're working full time. We all have to kind of accept our spot, like our place and where God has put us and how we can live to honor God in every day, no matter what our lives look like, no matter what we're doing, who we're with, what our job or our roles are. But before we jump into today's episode, I just wanted to remind you to subscribe and uh, Also, to check out our email at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you if you want to shoot me an email. Uh, We also have a special bonus entire season, not just one episode, but a whole season specifically aimed towards our moms. We here at Unshaken love motherhood and really want to bless all of the moms that are listening with a special entire bonus episode. So right along with each of these particular episodes, are going to be another episode that drops each Thursday focused on a topic related to motherhood. So I hope you'll listen to those too. Now, I wonder how many of you are rule followers. Uh, Maybe you are the rule breakers. Usually we're actually both. uh, Like we might want to be the rule follower when it benefits us. Like when I am in the correct lane on the road Um, or I I have under 20 items in my grocery cart and I want to go to the self-checkout, right? I don't want to see the person in front of me with 82 items in their cart. I also don't want to be in the right lane and have somebody just shoot over. But when I'm the one running late, um, I want that person to give me grace, right? I want to be the rule breaker and I want to slide over because I got in the wrong lane. Or maybe I really see those long lanes at the grocery store and I have maybe... More, like, more items than 20, like 45, and I think, oh, it's okay just this once, right? We kind of end up being both sides of the coin. We're either a rule breaker sometimes or a rule follower. But we're actually gonna talk about all those kinds of things, rules, guidelines, regulations, boundaries. You know, We know all these things help us on the road, for example. All these rules, traffic lights, you know, lines on the pavement, they're actually there for our safety to help us get wherever we're going. Um, But sometimes we sort of have to break the rules occasionally. And sometimes, um, I guess if we view our journey of life um, in this way, we have to decide which direction is the right thing. Do we need to follow the rules or do we not? So today we're actually going to talk about this topic. I brought on a good friend of the podcast and a good friend of mine, Sarah Desone. I'm so glad you're here today. She and I are going to chit chat today about how we can balance this fine topic of rules. Now, I'm not talking rules on the road, but I'm talking rules in regard to being a Christian. So we're going to chit chat about all this. I'm glad you're here with me, Sarah. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, but before we actually jump into this topic, um, how about you tell us a little bit of a little story? about following rules. Are you a rule follower or no? Are you a rule breaker? You know, I I would say I'm definitely more on the rule breaker side of things. (laughs) I relate to what you said a lot though about like sometimes following the rules and sometimes not depending on your own situation and how it benefits me. But um, you know, having that double standard is easy to do. (laughs) Yes. And we really justify it often. (laughs) Yes, we do. But you know, I I would say I'm I'm the more rule breaker and my husband is the opposite. He is like a rule follower 
to the max. So, yeah. yep. so it can sometimes bring out some tension in yeah. our in our o- relationship. Opposites do attract, don't they? <laughs> they do. And I guess this, I have a story from this past summer. We were on vacation up um, in the Hocking Hills and doing some hiking. And, you know, I don't know if anyone who's been to the Hocking Hills and has seen there's signs they have posted at the beginning of the trails about staying on the path and how it's dangerous to go yeah. off the path, you know? Yeah. Well, naturally, my husband takes those signs as, you know, what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I think and they're posted for that reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've kind of always thought of it as more of like a guideline, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but... I learned a lot by during this hike, especially as a mom, because it's really interesting to see how the difference in Josh and I affects our kids. Yeah. We have a couple who are more of that like cautious, follow the rules type kids. And then we have a couple who are definitely on the adventurous and think every rock was meant to be climbed side yes, of things. Yes. So <laughs> as we started this hike, I was kind of joking around how I was the fun parent because I would let the kids climb and Josh was the lame parent because uh. he wanted them to stay on the path, you know, and I'm sure you, that went over well, obviously, yes. you know, yeah. <laughs> not really fair of me to say. But um, as we began hiking, I was so surprised by how dangerous these paths were. Uh. <laughs> like it was, it was treacherous. And some of the trails, like there, there's a cliff right there and we're walking. And if the kids went to the edge of the trail, they could just fall over and die. Right. So I was really, and there was a swirling whirlpool thing that my daughter wanted to like climb down inside of, but it was, it was the devil's (laughs) bathtub. I mean, it was like, if she would have got in there, it would have been horrible. You know? So I ended up realizing that my husband's wisdom about following these rules and teaching the kids to stay on the trails was very wise and yeah. definitely the way to go. Yeah, definitely don't want to swim in the devil's bathtub. No, 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 no. <laughs> what about uh, you? Do you like have um, an example of a time for you? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I can. I have lots of times like that because I think um, it's very easy to be a rule follower and also very easy to not be. Like mm-hmm. it just depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. But I do think that I learned a good lesson about following rules when I was a new new bride. Like I, a new wife, I came home, had all these exciting things. I wanted to make all this food, you know, and I had all these plans. And so, um, I will give you a little history about me. I grew up on a farm and in our farm, I did a lot of work outdoors and my mom didn't really feel like she should ask me to do a lot of work indoors. And I really had minimal interest in cooking. And so I didn't really know how to cook very well when I got married. I was very good at working outside and very happy to do that. I was very sturdy. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, what happened is I didn't really know very good about cooking. Well, Bill's family are really very good cooks, all of them. His mom was a great cook, even his dad. So there was this meal that was really famous in Bill's family called, it was a meat pie. And they called it Van Warmer meat pie. I don't know why. That was just, if they made it up or what. But it was really detailed. Everything was cut very small and fine. It was just your traditional stuff you'd put in like a stew. Mm-hmm. But okay. it, And it had like a white uh, white sauce in it, you know, like, and it was really good. Little pieces of hamburger. And then they made homemade biscuits from scratch. Yeah. Cut them into circles and put them on top and they would bake it, you know, and it was just, it was really good. And I thought, oh. Like maybe in July. We got married in June. So I thought, I'm going to make yeah. this. Why would you make meat pie hot food like that in July? Yeah, I don't that know. that doesn't sound like summer food. No, but <laughs> I didn't know this then. So I decided to make it and um, was really excited. Put it in the, we put, served up big bowls, you know, ladled it into the bowl, dumped it on top of the biscuit. You'd like flip it over. It's making me hungry thinking about it. Anyway, and Bill took one bite and looked at me and said, oh, this is horrible. Now, if you anyone listening knows my husband, he's truthful. 
and he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't mince words and he is truthful and actually that's really helpful to me yeah. because he doesn't try to put a lot of fluff around it and actually it was horrible but I stubbornly decided that I was going to eat the whole bowl now here's what happened I didn't read the recipe right I told okay. you I was not a great cook I didn't follow the recipe perfectly and so consequently, instead of putting a teaspoon of salt in, I put a tablespoon of salt Ooh. in. And yeah, if you haven't cooked much, you don't realize that that's going to really not go well. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, did not go over. And salt is one of those things that if you put too much in. There's no turning back. Yeah, and it really makes a bad f meal. So yeah. uh, it was disgusting. And he was right. I did, like I said, pridefully eat that entire bowl and then go drink a lot of water after that. <laughs> but, a lot of sodium after so that. So <laughs> really, it's funny how rules are actually good for us. Yeah. But we have to figure out what rules are the ones that we have to follow and what are things that we're making up, right? What are mm -hmm. things that we're doing? So we're going to talk about that. The Bible gives us a lot of very specific rules, but sometimes we manufacture our own rules to make us maybe feel more spiritual or, you know, make us feel like we're doing a better job at being a Christian. Yeah. And I guess I would call those rules legalism. Mm -hmm. So let's just jump right in, Sarah. What, you, what is legalism? Well, I think when I think of it, like kind of what you were just saying, it's like a strictness about following certain rules and doing certain good works in an attempt to be righteous or to yeah. be good. You know, we trust in those rules then instead of trusting in God. And when you think about legalism, like in the context of the church and the way we view others, we it, it comes out a lot of times where we judge or yes. de decide who's good with God based on what they're doing. Right. How they look. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's a real strong temptation, too, to be legalistic, legalistic about ourselves. Like, I can feel good about myself if I'm doing the right things or feel mm. bad about myself if I don't think I'm doing enough good things or seeing enough fruit in my life. You know, so even though I don't think of myself as much of a, like I said, I'm not really that much of a rule follower traditionally. Right, right. But I, I have been finding myself this in this aspect of legalism being a real struggle for me lately because mm. I didn't even realize it was legalistic and yeah. still until you asked me to talk on this on this topic and I started thinking about it you know so even if you don't think that you're a legalistic person they may there may be some aspects of yeah. it that can creep into your thinking yeah and really it's really what it is is rooted in some pride oh absolutely on either side whether you're doing all the things you're supposed to do so that you view as right or whether you're not, you're really just seated in pride, right. in this deep, deep sin. Yeah, and I think we, we also like trick ourselves into thinking that God, the way God feels towards us, you know, and I think legalism also can let us trick ourselves into thinking that God's feeling towards us are dependent on whether or not we're following his rules. Mm. Like we focus on those actions rather than looking at what's going on in our hearts. Yeah, that is so true. I actually want to repeat that line. It legalism well in my words here legalism lets us trick ourselves into thinking that god's feelings towards us are dependent upon what we do or say mm -hmm. right uh that's really interesting to think about um maybe i'll even add following rules we might have made up on our own yeah uh that happens a lot so it what are does. some examples of legalism in churches or in the christian world Okay, well, you know, when I first started thinking about legalism, you think about like those kind of stereotypical, like legalistic things that I remember thinking was what legalism was when I was younger, like no drinking, no dancing, no playing cards, right. like those things that were churches made rules about 50 years ago and yeah. they were forbidden. And, you know, um, that's what people think that 
legalistic means. Those or, were the trendy legalism yeah, things of the day. Yeah, yeah. or like you, you see a group of Christians where all the women wear skirts and they have long yep. hair and you think, oh, that's legalism. But, you know, that just let that thinking of legalism like that makes us remove it from ourselves and think that we don't yeah. struggle with it. It's a way of like putting it on others and not applying it to our own right. lives. Where we can see it, but we aren't realizing yeah. that we might have a struggle. Absolutely. And I think it's a lot more present in our day to day lives than we think. Like it's in our hearts and it can be really subtle. Mm. Anytime we add rules for how we should be living and those rules aren't based on scripture, that's a sign of legalism like rules about food or clothing or activities that should or shouldn't be allowed. And it can even be a matter of like saying the right thing or having the right Christian answer that you're supposed mm. to have, following the right pattern, you know? And actually even, Sarah, it's interesting because even if it is something that's in the Bible, we can do the rules in the Bible with a legalistic way. Exactly. Where our heart is not in them. We're just doing them to crop, to check them off. Right, for sure. I was thinking the same thing. You know, like you you can have that Sunday school answer that you know what, what you're right. supposed to say or that's supposed to do, and you do it on the outside, but in the inside, you're really kicking and screaming. Yep. yep. You know, like a girl who wears really modest clothing because she knows she's supposed to, but her actions say the exact opposite. Yeah. She's flirting with every boy that she can talk to, you know? So that's just one little example, but right. we do that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah, I agree. That's really interesting to think about because it is actually a part of who we are. It's because we're always thinking about ourselves. Yes. Yeah. And even things that are good that we should be doing, we can do in a legalistic way. Like things like reading our Bibles and going to church. Yep. Like we need those things. We need to read the Bible. Yep. We need to be in fellowship. But if we're doing it just to like check off that box and say we did it, then there's there could be legalism in our hearts. And if we think that God's love depends on whether or not we're doing it, whether or not we're reading our Bible that day, um, then yeah. that can be legalistic. So we have to really have the right heart about why we approach the important disciplines. Of yeah. So this isn't. So what you're talking about isn't. You shouldn't. You should stop reading your Bible. Right. It's do it, but it's probably more like a process. Like it's something that is a constant work we do. I shouldn't say work because that's what we're talking about legalism. <laughs> but it's a constant process in our heart. Am I doing this to honor God because he calls me to do it? Or am yeah. I doing it to check the box or to feel good about myself? Exactly. Like sometimes you're going to not feel like reading the Bible and you yeah. should do it anyway. Right. But you should do it because you're trying to pursue God yeah. and know him, not because you think that that's what's going to make him love you. Right. Okay. So since you brought up the Bible, what does the Bible say about legalism? Are there any legalists in the Bible? Oh, yeah. So there's an, I think like the Pharisees are like your notorious legalists. Yes. When you look at, when you look at the New Testament, they were like always trying to trap Jesus and his followers for breaking the rules. And they loved the rules. They were like experts. They had extra ones that God hadn't even given them. Right. So right. they could right. feel really good about themselves. Um, but the problem was that there, it was all outward. And Jesus regularly called them out for being fake and having the appearance of godliness when their hearts were full of sin. There was one example in Matthew 12 where a man who had a withered hand um, was going to be healed by Jesus. And the Pharisees tried to accuse Jesus of doing work on the Sabbath, which was against God's law. Sure. But they had all these extra rules about the Sabbath. And Jesus pointed out that if they had like a sheep, they would rescue it. And if it fell into a pit on the Sabbath, and this man's life was way more valuable than a sheep. Right, so right. that was just legalistic thinking that they had. Right. Instead of doing what's in front of you. Sometimes that's the way it is. Yeah. 
And another example um, was uh, Jesus told a story about a Pharisee and a tax collector, and they were both praying. The, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And the Pharisee thanked God that he was better than everyone else, and he listed off all his good deeds. Out loud, didn't yeah, he? he? Yeah, he did. That's how he was praying. And meanwhile, the tax collector was praying for mercy because he was a sinner. Mm. And both of these men were sinners. And Jesus said that the one who was actually forgiven was the tax collector because that Pharisee was just legalistic. He couldn't even see his sin. He had a hard heart. Yeah. Like you said earlier, really legalism is starts in our hearts. It does. Yeah. Any other examples? Um, I mean, those are good ones. Yeah, I mean, Pharisees are, but there's more than just the Pharisees. I mean, one example I thought of was of Peter, who actually was one of Jesus's closest friends yeah. and disciples. And he was- Isn't that the, the disciple that he said, I'm gonna build the church on? Yes. You know, you're the rock. Yes. Yeah. And so like after Jesus had, ris- had died on the cross and risen from the dead, Peter was one of the early church leaders. And he was going around teaching people the truth of the gospel. He loved God. He was doing good things, yep. but even he fell into it. You know, he he was a Jew. And at that time, a lot of the believers were Jews, but more and more of the Gentiles were becoming Christians and being yep. converted. And the church leaders were thankful for that and rejoicing at that, but they were still wrestling with those old yes. rules yes. that they had to follow and live by. And so I think... It sh- the Bible sh- told the story of how Peter um, w- had to be called out by Paul because he was not willing to eat with the Gentiles. Before ah. they would never, they would never have eaten. The Jews would never have eaten with the Gentiles. But now these Gentiles are their brothers in Christ, and so it was important for them to be together and eat meals together. What Paul said was, when Cephas came to Antioch, Cephas is another name for Peter. I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For between, before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, mm. fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Hmm. That's a good passage. Yeah. So these rules about how to live were causing him to lead others into sin. Yeah. It's interesting because Peter was a leader too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to remember that as we lead women, whether we are a Bible study leader Mm -hmm. or if we're a mother and we're leading our children, or maybe we are doing a walking group around our school to pray, we are leading women with our words and actions. Yeah. And we need to be leading correctly. Yes. And I, I love Paul's willingness to talk to Peter about this instead of just shoving him off. Yeah. Saying, yeah. hey, and, and challenging him yeah, in a loving way. Yeah, sometimes we need correction yeah. from our brothers and sisters. Yeah. So, Okay, so those are excellent examples of legalists in the Bible. I don't want to be them, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably am them sometimes. I am too though. sometimes, yeah. So what are some rules that we should follow in the Bible? Because we know the Bible is full of good things we're supposed to do. How do we figure out what are the things we should follow and like how does that play out in our lives? Yeah, I mean, I think that's hard sometimes to understand because the Bible, some of the rules from the Old Testament actually don't apply to us anymore. So it is confusing when you really, um, well, yeah, God gave so many laws to show us what he requires of us. And really, that is a good thing because he teaches us his laws 
for our good. Mm. If we look at Psalm 119, that's the longest chapter in the Bible. And the whole thing is about how wonderful God's law is (laughs) and how much the, the psalmist who wrote it loves God's law. And it's because obedience gives glory to God. And that's that gives us joy. It's so yeah. good to obey. When we're obeying from the heart, it's not a burden. It's right. something that brings contentment. Um, you know, that reminds me, our last season, um, we did a whole series on the topics of spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. And I think I said almost every week, it's not about doing this thing that's going to make you Christian. It's really, it's not that this is good, this good work that God has put in front of you is what you have to do. It's really more about a response Mm-hmm. to what Christ has done for us. Yeah, out of love. And I think that's kind of what you're just saying. It's, yeah. It brings us joy when we obey God, when we do the right things, not because it makes us better, but because it honors God. Exactly. You know, so like, obviously, when you think about rules in the Bible, one of the most obvious ones are like the Ten Commandments. Yep. You know, and even though those laws were given all the way back when Israel was wandering in the wilderness, they apply to us today just yep. as much. Um, none of them were made obsolete by Jesus coming, yep. you know, and it can be confusing because some of those Old Testament rules actually were given to Israel as like part of their government right. or ceremonial laws. Their culture. That, at right, time. exactly. Or like laws that were fulfilled by Jesus when he died on the cross. They didn't have to keep doing those animal right. sacrifices, which yes. I'm so thankful. Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, but the Ten Commandments, those are the moral law that will never stop being the way that God would have us live. So, um, when Jesus, when Jesus was on earth with his followers, he told them about how the, all other commandments depend on these two important mm-hmm. commandments of loving the Lord and loving your neighbor as yourself. And the Ten Commandments all fit within those. Yeah, yeah that's a good verse to memorize mm-hmm. and to teach our kids because that covers pretty much everything. It does. And so if we are doing something, reading our Bible, but we're not doing it because we love God, then we're actually sinning. Because we're just doing something to do it. Right. And so it's really, I'm not saying reading your Bible is a sin, but the action of doing something. If we're taking a meal to somebody or we're caring for someone's children for the day, but we're grumpy inside because we are irritated and angry about it, then it actually falls into the sin line. Even though we're legalistically saying, this is what you do to be a Christian, right? right? But it's not. So that's really good. Good to think about. Yeah, I think another thing we want to be careful about doing is not being so concerned with avoiding legalism that we, Um, like, rule out obedience. I've seen that become kind of a trend sometimes. Like, there's this temptation to not use not being legalistic as almost an excuse to sin, you know, which is addressed in the Bible quite a bit. But, you know, God tells us that we are to live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants for God. Yeah, that is a really good point. Really good point. Because it's very easy to, we'll use the Bible reading example, to say, well, I don't want to be legalistic about it. So I'm just going to read when I feel like it. Which, if we really were honest, if we really were honest, feeling like reading the Bible would probably come on the bottom Mm -hmm. or low to the bottom. Because if you're not reading it consistently, you don't find the joy in it, right? right? So we can easily do that. Yeah, but then if you don't read it, then it becomes, you get out of habit and then you're you're missing something you need, you need. Yeah. Um, but I think another example, like sometimes it, it really can, we can have behaviors that wouldn't be sin, but become sin. Like, you know, like maybe you like to have a glass of wine sometimes, you don't see that as a sin, but then you find yourself drinking like way more than you should, a whole bottle right. of wine because you're trying not to be legalistic about alcohol. You know, there's a right. lot of examples we could go yeah. through of like ways yeah. that we can get into, um, you know, oh yeah, like 
it's okay to skip church, mm-hmm. right? To teach because I, I just I don't want to teach my kids to be legalistic about church. So, right. And there's some sports events, so we're just going to skip church. But actually, that's detrimental to them. And in that case, church is something we're called to do. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, yeah, we could go into a bunch of different different ones. But I think another pitfall that we want to be careful to do to not fall into is just assuming that other people are being mm. legalistic because they have different convictions than we do. Yes. You know, like sometimes you're going to, as Christian brothers and sisters, there's going to be times when we, we read God's word and seek to obey it. And God may bring us to a different conclusion about a specific yep. thing he says in his word that's not spelled out explicitly. You know, so like if you, for example, if you have a friend who feels led to like wear a head covering and you don't, don't assume that she's legalistic because she does that. Right. You know, if you don't understand why she does, why other people do things that you don't do or, you know, vice versa, just talk about it. Ask them. Yeah. I think one of the things, um, when I was a young <clears throat> a young girl in college, I was very convicted about the music I listened to. Hmm. And I made a decision to not listen to anything that was secular music during that time period because it just led my thoughts to yeah. the wrong directions. And I wasn't married and I was single and I wanted desperately to be in a relationship, you know. So then mm-hmm. I just felt bad about myself. So I remember distinctly throwing all my, okay, they were cassette tapes. Yeah. This was a while ago. <laughs> uh, at least they weren't eight eight tracks, right? Yeah, I did, yeah. It wasn't that era. But they, I threw them all away. And I remember for a while thinking that it was really wrong of other people to listen to mm. anything. Yeah. Now... I think you got to be cautious. Yeah. We always have to be cautious. I'm not saying we should go out and that's all we listen to. But I'm, I do think there was an example in my heart of feeling like this conviction I had that all my right. friends in my circle should be doing this too. Yeah. And I'm sure I said that too, to be honest. Yeah. Yes, it, it is easy to, me. <laughs> to put that on other people when really yeah. it's something God's working on in your heart. You yeah. Know? Yep. Okay. So you know what? We've talked a little bit about legalism and all the things that come with it, but how do you personally see legalism creeping into the church? And I don't mean our church that we go to, although I'm pretty sure there's legalism in every church. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking like the universal church across the board. What do you think? Okay, well, I, I when I was thinking about this, I, I thought of a time several years ago before my husband and I moved to Toledo. And we were attending a church that, you know, we started going to this church. And at the time, it seemed pretty good at first. The sermons seemed biblical. The people were, were nice. And... The longer we attended, um, the more we realized that it just didn't seem like there was much growth happening. Hmm. You know, we noticed kind of this pattern that some sins, like drinking, were like super taboo. So no, that's somewhat illegalistic. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was like no drinking alcohol. But then weirdly, like sexual sin was like normal. It was a strange, uh. it was a strange, a strange trend, I guess. But several people, I, we noticed that several of the fa- people had babies before they were married. And mm. I was aware of just like, they talked about some really trashy shows they were watching. And, and none of the ladies that I spent time with were really reading their Bibles. And our conversations were just not spiritual at all. And so it it seemed to me that they had like these certain rules that made them feel like they were good. Mm. Like they did their time in the church nursery. That was really important. And yep. they stayed away from drinking and that stuff showed that they were like Christian enough. But then they had these huge other areas where mm. sin was just no big deal. And, you know, sadly, I think that several of those couples that we were friends with at the time are now divorced. And so you see that their sin led to more sin. And a failure to call out that sin is a pattern that we see in a lot of churches. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So there's a huge benefit to being part of a church that will actually address sin and call people to repentance. Yeah, that'd be a good, good question to ask. If yeah. you're sitting and listening, you know, does my church challenge me to grow? Yeah. Am I growing in Christ? 
Does it challenge me in the areas that I need to be changing? Because if not, it may be time to consider switching gears. Right, exactly. And I think along those lines, even like legalism can kind of become like this weird, it sounds weird, but it's actually like there's such a pushback against obedience that now there's almost this rule that you can't have rules. Right. So like the legalistic thing is you're not allowed to tell anyone they're in sin. You're not allowed to make people feel ashamed you have to right. accept everything about everyone and their sin and everything. So right. this destroys our view of scripture. It's so yep. sad. Yep. And it's creeping all over. It is. And you know, and it's impossible to value God's word when when you have that kind of view. Um, and then it seems like the focus kind of gets shifted to like social and political causes. And yeah. that's the new rules that people are legalistic about. Right. Like if your church isn't um, serving in the local soup kitchen, it can easily become viewed as you're not really doing the work. Right. Where I personally will say that I've been in quite a few churches in my life, and I think churches, each individual church, oftentimes has a different mission. Yeah. And a call God gives them. There are some churches that are called, I mean, we're all called to minister and to share the gospel, okay? Mm -hmm. But how you do that is going to look different. It is. And it would be better for a church to focus on one avenue. Maybe it is a soup kitchen sharing yeah. with homeless. Maybe it is reaching out to a different demographic of people because of where you're at. Right, right. So um, I think it's easy to become legalistic and view yeah. a church as if it's bad or the people in the church are bad because they're not doing the same social justice type service that we call. Exactly. Right. So yeah. yeah, and I think you want to be careful. Like if I mean, yes, like you said, serving is good, but like you don't want your church to be a church where it, it's going right around with, along with the cultural values instead yes. of what the biblical values yeah. are. Yeah, I often repeat this quote. We want to look at our culture through the lens of the Bible, mm-hmm. not viewing our the Bible through the lens of our culture. Yes, because that's really good. Really big and hot right now. Actually, that's been true for all of time, to be honest. Yeah. It just feels like <laughs> it it's feels hot now. very <laughs> yeah hot button right um, now. <laughs> okay, so you know we've talked a little bit about this, but let's let's dive into it more. What is really the heart of legalism? Why Why am I, or why are you, or why is anyone drawn to rules so strictly? Well, I, I think it comes, a lot of it is just because we love to feel good about ourselves. We like, yeah. we like being able to think that we're righteous because of our actions and that we're so smart. We have this superior knowledge of how things should be. And honestly, it's really, it's just pride. You mentioned that earlier. It's like doesn't seem like pride is just the root of every, every yes, sin. <laughs> it is. It is. I think I need to do an episode on pride. Yeah. Probably, probably could, I don't know, fill maybe up a, a couple episodes yeah. on pride. Maybe a whole season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's so dangerous because it causes us to think wrongly, not just about God and about others and it also about ourselves. Like it, it makes us think wrong about everything. Yeah. We, yeah. And we can elevate other people's sin so that we don't, oh, yes. we don't need to feel the weight of our own sin. Or sometimes we see all the good things other people are doing and then we feel like inadequate because our works aren't as good as theirs or as impressive. And that both of those kinds of comparisons are stemmed from pride. It harms our relationships and it causes us to be judgmental towards the people around us because they don't do things the way that we do them. And honestly, if we're honest with ourselves, I think everyone listening does this. Yes. I think it's something we fight. I know I fight it. I'm yeah. guessing you do. I know lots of women who struggle with the comparison trap. And you're exactly right. That is exactly the heart of it. 
Yeah. Um, you know, us wanting to feel good about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so pointless because no matter who we compare ourselves to, that's not supposed to be our standard. Yeah. You know, our standard is what God has given us for his word. And no one is ever going to measure yeah. up to that standard. Amen, sister. You're right. <laughs> I think we sometimes elevate our own righteousness when we feel like what we're doing is good. And yeah. legalism makes me put that focus on me. It's mm-hmm. like this self-centered thing that it's so evil because anything that's good in us is really because God put it in us. Right. And if I act like that good stuff in me is because of me, I'm just stealing God's glory. And yep. I'm failing to see God's loving plan and his generous care towards me. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I really appreciate that because that's kind of really digging down deep mm-hmm. into this particular topic because it's very easy to say, oh, she's being legalistic mm-hmm. or I'm being legalistic. but. We really have to dig down deep to see what's actually the root and yeah. it's selfishness. It's focus on self. Yeah. And so much of what we do is focus on yes. self. You know, you look at the other th- end, other end of things. When I look at my works and feel like a failure and I'm in despair that I'm not good enough, but that's still focusing on me. Yeah. That's still self. <laughs> it's still pride. It's still self-centered. God hates it just as much as somebody who thinks they're awesome. You know, and this is a trap I personally tend to fall back into from time to time. And I, I think I mentioned earlier, you know, I didn't even really realize that that was like legalistic until mm. we, until I started thinking through this topic and when you asked me to talk on this. So, you know, legalism, legalism is going to make me forget that it's only because of God's perfect plan that there's any hope for me at all. Mm. And I'm, it's interesting, I'm on the other side yeah. of that coin. I tend to think, oh, I'm doing great. Look at all the things I'm doing. Mm. And I get caught in pride thinking of all the amazing things that I can do, mm-hmm. which is self-focus on I me. I mean, I do that sometimes too, don't well, get me wrong. <laughs> I do both sides, but it's interesting how that is really the root is the same. Yeah, it's same all sin. pride. Yeah. So, okay, so legalism tells us that we're made righteous by our rules, but the Bible tells us something completely different. So how are we actually made righteous? Well, it's so clear in God's word if we really take the time to read it and dig in. We learn Not it, legalistically, of course. Oh. We don't want to read it legalistically. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But like yeah. when you when you read it and you get it, it's so exciting. Yeah. You know, Romans tells us that no one is righteous, yeah. not even one, and that we all sin. We all fall short of God's glory. And yet, despite our sin, God sent Jesus to die for us. Only he is righteous, and our good works cannot save us. It's only in Jesus that we can be saved. And knowing that he lived this perfect life and died in our place, so that when God looks at us, he sees Jesus' perfect righteousness. Hmm. He gives us his holiness. So we were were never going to have the ability to be righteous on our own. It's only when we learn to depend on him that we can become more like him as we grow in obedience. And so we are righteous because he makes us righteous. Exactly. Because of his death on the cross. Exactly. And anything good in us is his work. It's not ours. Yeah. I I actually would put a little caveat in here that I think it's really good to ask ourselves some questions on a frequent basis about these topics. Hmm. Like, you know, how am I doing at legalism? Am I putting my trust in Christ or am I putting my trust in the works that I'm doing every day? Yeah. Why am I doing this? Like, you know, let's say you, you know, you're going to have care for someone's children. I think it's good to ask ourselves, Lord, help me, or maybe pray, Lord, help me to have the right attitude. That mm-hmm. I'm not doing this just to say, well, I watched someone's kids last week. I'm doing great, you know. Yeah. But I think it's good to kind of like do a little self-evaluation yeah. now and then and, and stop and do that. 
Um, okay, so last week we talked, um, I talked to Wendy Folk about the concept of escapism. And uh, I don't know if you caught that episode yet or not, Sarah, I haven't did you? yet, okay. no. And we talked a little bit. I love that podcast. You can listen to them anytime. I know. Anywhere. Yeah. So I'll pick it's it up okay. soon. All right. Um, but we talked a little bit about how we're always trying to escape from our current reality. Many times we escape into things that are not actually good for us, right? Sometimes we just escape and um, we should be escaping, and I put air quotes around escaping, <laughs> into Jesus, right? We should be abiding in Christ, which is sort of what you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Rather than abiding in a Netflix series or abiding in a bowl of ice cream or abiding in a new hobby. Uh, now, of course, we talked last week that really none of these things I just mentioned are sinful and wrong in themselves. Right. Um, I've actually watched a lot of um, documentaries on Netflix, which are kind of historical, and I, I really enjoy them, and I learn a lot. Yeah. But when we escape into these things, we're not doing what God calls us to do. And so I guess that crosses into sin. So I wonder, do you think it's possible that someone who, who is living in legalism is still following escapism? That's an interesting question. You know, I, I think I can see a connection on how those can kind of consi- coincide you know, like when you think about the examples that you just shared of escapism, sometimes we almost like separate our Christian duties from our like fun activities. Yep. And then we like live in a way that we think we can like check off the good Christian activities first. Which so, is legalistic. Yeah. So then we can go over and do what we really want to be mm. doing and have fun. And we get the Bible reading done so we can go watch our show or we get our work done so we can just like veg out and not have to think about real stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but God wants us to always be dwelling on and delighting in him and to not act like we aren't his at any point, you know, so it should, it shouldn't be a separate thing where we have like our Christian life over here and our right other, you know, right. me life over here. <laughs> and that's not to say that sitting on your couch after you've had a long day of work, you know, around your house, or right. that that's wrong. Exactly. It's not wrong. And it's not wrong to, you know, like I think of. Um, it's not wrong to go on a walk and just go on a walk. You don't have to always, every time, pray. Right. It's good to pray if you go on a walk, you know. But I'm just saying, like, it's easy to blend those again together. And all of a sudden, we're like, yeah, I've got a list again. I'm following my list, you mm-hmm. know. So, again, we have to be reevaluating ourselves often, right? Yeah, we do. I mean, we can have those hobbies. We can have ice cream. We just need to enjoy them to God's glory and yeah. not make them that that thing is what we delight in instead of delighting in him. Yeah. You know, there was a time, Sarah, in my life when I really loved following rules. It isn't driving or making recipes on a side note, but <laughs> um, but I had just this great abundance of zeal. I really did want to follow God. And I saw a big choice in front of me and I it made me feel good that I could make a decision that would honor God. Um, and that was the decision for schooling. So my son was maybe two or three and I was processing it and I thought I would love to homeschool my Mm. son. This would be really fun. Um, I honestly thought that if I homeschooled, I was more spiritual. Mm. I'm not going to lie to you. I really did have those thoughts. Now I never verbally said it. I never actually out of my mouth said, I am a better Christian because I'm homeschooling my children. But in my heart, if I was honest, I did. I felt that way. But recently, one of my daughters and I were doing dishes, and um, she told me, I don't even know why she told me this story, but it's really, uh, it was really convicting. She told me that when she was like six or seven, she told, she had, we had these neighbor girls, and she loved to play with them. Mm-hmm. And they were always in our backyard with little bonnets, and they were playing Little House on the Prairie. And my son, who was the only boy amongst a whole bunch of girls, was the, um, you know, the bad guy, oh, right? Poor always guy. coming after him. <laughs> he grew up okay. Um, but um, you know what? She told the next door neighbors that they were sinning by attending public school Hmm. and 
I was like, are you serious? You said that? She goes, yeah. It didn't go off very good. I bet not. (laughs) No. And it was so embarrassing that she said that, but it was really more embarrassing because she Hmm. picked that up from me and I didn't even ever say that. I thought, what a horrible witness to my girls Hmm. and my kids, actually, that I was. And honestly, that family lived next to us, you know, for a long time. They were not Christians. Um, I basically made a rule in my home that I never spoke of, but I lived it. And it ended up making a very poor witness. Hmm. So, you know, directly to my children and then indirectly to my neighbors. I also remember a rule that I thought was really cool to follow at that time. And that was this idea, which included with homeschooling, that I was going to live in this like fortress that my brothers and sisters, my, I'm sorry, my children were going to only be friends with their brothers and sisters. Oh, yeah. And they were never going to, we didn't need anybody else, right? Hmm. And I had this idea, you know, I remember following a book that was telling me about that, not the Bible necessarily. Yeah. I somehow missed the concept of the fact that we needed to share the gospel with our neighbors, you know, hmm. love your neighbor as yourself, which yeah. you brought up earlier. Anyway, it was, it, it actually, in my observation, it has backfired on a lot of people, this concept. Yeah. Because they kept their kids in their home. And um, we've seen that actually in the news. These fortress families who tried to keep their kids all safe inside this little thing. And they were going to, you know, marry just these certain people. Yeah. And it kind of fell apart. You know, they lived by these rules rather than concerned for their hearts, you know. Right. Yeah. The kids never really understood how to have relationships with other people. Yeah. Sad. And also often under all those rules, sometimes there's problems, you know, which kind of makes me think of legalism and parenting because I think this is an issue. You know, what happens when someone is a legalistic parent and how can we avoid this? I think I was on the way to being a legalistic parent. I was very rule oriented. Yeah. And I I do think God kind of changed that through a series of events and made me look at things differently. It's neat to see how he he adjusts our our view of things as we we grow as parents. We definitely, I've seen that in my life too. But you know, when it comes to legalism and parenting, I think it can go a couple different ways, kind of depending on on how you do it and how in your kids' personalities, you know, sometimes, um, but I think in either, whatever way it goes, legalistic parenting is going to do the same thing to our kids that legalism in our lives does to us. It yep. keeps us from seeing our need for Jesus. Yes. So if your kids are rule followers and they, they might really thrive under like a legalistic follow this rule and do this right. and they'll fall into line, but then they'll fall into the same traps that we've talked about yep. of thinking they're good because they're obeying. And then they won't see their sin and their need for Jesus, you know. But I think, sadly, a lot of times when parents are legalistic, it it, a lot of times drives drives their kids away from them. Yeah, their hearts hearts become harder. Yeah, yeah. Like if the parents have rules upon rules, and the kids can get overwhelmed or fed up with never being able to meet all those expectations, and then they end up rebelling and just Mm. wanting to get away and get out of there as soon as they can. Yeah, You know, a lot of times they just won't desire a relationship with their parents or they might not even want anything to do with God if they rebel against their parents' faith. So it's really important that we choose the rules that we have as parents with purpose and mm. not just rules to have rules. Yeah. I actually was in a mom's group years ago when my kids were little and there was a woman, she was a mom mentor, they called her. Mm-hmm. She was um, sitting at my table and she gave me the best advice about parenting. She said, say no when you need to say no, say no and mean it and mm-hmm. follow through, but say yes a whole lot more. Yeah. And I that has stuck with me because it's very easy to say no, you are not playing with that kid. But it's better to yeah. say, okay, yes, you can play with them. Let's talk about how to do that right. Right. Or no, you cannot, you know, get your driver's license right now. No, I'm not ready for that. Hmm. Okay. Or yes, you can, but we're gonna we're gonna have some boundaries right. on when you can drive, and we're gonna talk a little bit about how to do this well. Yeah. I, I think that's really helpful. 
yeah, our kids need to know that we care about what they want too, and yeah. that we want to help them to to do those things. But we need to, we need them to do it in a way that honors God. Yeah, you know. So I think like we want to make our goal to get to their hearts. Yes. To so that they're going to obey for the right reasons. You know, if they're if they are seeing what obe- that obedience is good and why it's good, then when the, then they're going to submit to us, and it will be something that they do because they love us, yeah. not just because they have to. And I will put a little note here that it isn't actually our job to get to their hearts. It's actually God who does that. That's a good point. He, yeah. He's the one who works in our children's hearts. And I think our job is to teach and train them, right? Yes. And to be cautious with our legalism, as we've just talked about. But I'm sure there's some listeners out there who did a really good job of parenting. That's so true. And their kids rebelled anyway. Yeah. It is a heart work, and we need to pray and not become discouraged in it. But we do need to be cautious with legalism because yes. it does creep in. I agree. So thinking of legalism, Sarah, have you ever dealt with legalism? <laughs> well, we've talked about a lot of ways already, I think. Okay, yes, but... <laughs> give me some more. Give me some more. Okay, well, I thought of one that goes way back. Um, you know, it's a specific example from when I was a teenager. Okay, like... that's great. <laughs> Good, because we're not there anymore. We're not No, teenagers. not even close. Um, so, you know, I remember when I was a teenager, there, that whole I kiss dating goodbye thing was Oh, really yes. There was that book. and. I remember reading the book, and to clarify, this is not a book I'm recommending or yeah. endorsing. The guy who wrote it is like, he says he's not a Christian now, right. so it's not it's not quality. <laughs> this will not be in our show notes. No, not book. at all. But I remember just being so obsessed with thinking that I needed to follow this book and these rules about relationships, because everyone's all like, you know, we're not dating, we're courting, and you know, like, honestly, it was kind of the same thing. It was essentially just a different name. And you know, but then after I was trying to follow these rules about it, I ended up just kind of going the exact opposite end of the spectrum and being this total boy crazy girl, Hmm. you know, and I was super obnoxious about boys. So I don't know, I don't know exactly how the book played into it, but I know that it was something with reading that book just didn't, it didn't work, right? Right, right. (laughs) Um, You know, and I think dating, it probably looks a little different now than it did then. I don't know. The terminology might be a sure. little different. But I think that this can be something that can be easy for Christian parents and teens to get wrapped up in legalism with, you know, when we're when it comes to relationships. Yep. You know, I, I don't want to, like, start a conversation about whether or not they should be dating or not dating or what age or anything like that. But it's important to remember that there's not just one way to handle teenagers and yep. all that confusion that comes from growing up and finding the person you want to marry. Right. I remember there was a time when, um, as a mom, that I remember other, like this is my 10, 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. women who were beyond me, and I remember kids talking about the age they could date. Mm -hmm. Like they had an age Like an actual, yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, that's interesting. And I remember thinking about my my friends in high school, and some of those people in high school should not have been dating at 16. I shouldn't have. Right. (laughs) And then some of them could handle it. Like it was just a difference. So it's interesting how that plays into it too. Okay, so we're not supposed to live in a legalistic way. So give me some specifics on how we should live. Like, what does the Bible tell us about how we're supposed to live every day? Honestly, there is so much in the Bible. We can always be learning something new about what pleases God. And I could probably go on and on about this one. But one thing that came to mind was just a few verses from 1 Thessalonians that say, Rejoice always, Mm. pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And I found that when I'm cultivating this attitude of joy, that makes obedience all the more authentic. And it makes it hard for me to be legalistic about mm. following rules when I'm full of thankfulness. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Those would be really good questions to ask ourselves. Like, am I rejoicing in what God has put in front of me? Like, 
Am I consistently praying yeah. about these circumstances? Am I giving thanks? What can I thank God for today? Yeah. Like, those would be good things to ask ourselves to keep this legalism in check. For sure. Okay, so, um, you know, it's obvious that we all struggle with legalism, pride. We talked about that being the root, comparing ourselves. How can we fight this? I think it starts with really recognizing that that legalistic and judgmental spirit in, in us is sin and confessing it to God. We have to take it seriously and like seek repentance if we're actually going to change. You know, and if you if if you want to avoid legalism and comparisons, you need to make a conscious yeah. effort to get that focus off yourself. Mm. And look for ways to love other people and assume the best of them rather than seeking seeing everything that they do in a negative way. When it comes to rules, um, you can consider the purpose behind the rules. If God gave us a rule in His Word, why does He want us to follow it? And what does He want obedience to that rule to produce in us? Hmm. And what might the consequences be if we disobey? I love questions. Those yeah. are good. Those are really good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, thinking about those things can help us avoid that trap of yeah. obeying just for the sake of obeying. Yep. And also, I think when you listen, like, one thing I think sometimes when I'm listening to sermons, I tend to, like, think, oh, I wish that person could hear that. You know, oh. really, I think, like, we need to apply that kind of stuff to ourselves. Yes. If you hear if you hear a sermon, think about how God wants you to apply it to you, not who really would yeah. benefit from hearing and, it. And if you listen to a podcast, same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, good point. You know, like, or whatever you're listening to that is biblical and speaking truth, like, how can, how can I learn from this? Exactly. I mean, that's really a humble way to live. I'm not sure I always do that, but... <laughs> no. Okay, so I want to kind of end our podcast talking through some specifics. So, okay. you know, one thing about podcasts is they're somewhat timeless. Like someone might listen to this podcast when it comes out that day, today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or somebody might listen to it in a month, or somebody might listen to it in five years. I mean, mm-hmm. I love podcasts, and I have listened to podcasts that were made in you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. And sometimes there'll be something that's a little dated maybe, but yes. it's still interesting. So some of these things, <laughs> we're going to talk through some of the hot topics in legalism in the church real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> some of these might be dated. Yeah. Okay. But this would be our trendy legalism right now. Okay. This is where we're going to find that. I like the word trendy because we have, like, <laughs> yeah. we talk about trendy sins and mm-hmm. there's always sins that are, they're all the same root. They're really all sin. And, you know, like a trendy sin, it just is something that's been changed and looks different, right? Right. But the same with these. So let's talk a little bit about some of these topics. So I'm going to okay. give you a topic, Sounds Sarah. Good. Okay. And then you can give me a little direction on how we can be careful to not be legalistic, but we can live for Christ and have grace Great. for others. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, since I mentioned school choices earlier in the mm-hmm. podcast, let's start there. How can school choices become legalistic and how can we honor God in these choices? Oh, I think that this one's huge for moms. You know, it's so easy for friends who we for us to think that our friends who do something different than us are judging us. Like I, my kids go to public school, and I always thought, oh, if people who homeschool think that might, <laughs> it's just like what you talked yeah. about. You know, so I think it's it's important for us to remember that there's not one perfect solution. Yeah. For educating our kids. Yep. You know, it's something that every family has to pray about and consider and make a choice and knowing that no matter what we do, we have to trust God. Yeah. You know, a kid who's homeschooled all the way through 12th grade isn't immune to the world. Yeah, because sin is already in his heart. Exactly. And any school is going to have pitfalls and concerns that we have to be aware of and, and pray over, pray about all the yep. time. So we can't think that there's some choice that we can make that's going to protect our kids from sin and be the perfect solution. Yeah. We, We have to honor God by teaching our kids his ways and what living for him looks like so that when they go to school, 
they'll learn and they'll work hard and they'll grow in knowledge and you'll learn how to love and serve other people. Yeah, I have an interesting perspective real quick on that because when I stopped homeschooling, I sent my kids into public school and at that time I had a second grader, a fifth grader, a seventh grader, and a freshman. Okay. So, and I, my older two kids were out. One went to high school in a public school and then my my one daughter homeschooled all the way through. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's interesting. I've got a, this huge perspective now because I've got you it do. Where You've like, had like the whole spectrum. Other than private school. But, you know, like it's just right. interesting. There is just so much work to do with kids no matter where they're at. Right. And and really the sin doesn't change right. where they go. So, okay. How about music? I love music. Music is fun and it's fun to set the tone in your home with music. But I think it can be easy to fall into sin with music too. Yeah. So, like you kind of mentioned earlier, yep. getting rid of all your cassettes because you were convicted, which is not a bad thing. Right. Like, God is, was teaching you that some of that stuff was not wholesome. So, you know, for your own choices of music, think about, does the music that you listen to dishonor God? Is is it going to take your thoughts into sin? Right. What's your reason for wanting to listen to it? You know, right. it, I'm not going to go into, like, is is it wrong to listen to secular music? You know, I, I love me some 90s country. <laughs> But in reality, some of it's not edifying. Right. So I don't think that it's legalistic to decide something should be turned off. Yeah. But I can see that we could get legalistic if we just blanket rule out a whole genre of music or something just because we think it's sinful. We got yeah. we would miss out on a lot of fun music. It it just takes discernment. And you know, I also think in all of these things because we're going to talk about a lot more. It also is a matter of how much. Hmm. So, like for example, we talked about ice cream. Yeah. If we had a bowl of ice cream, that's fine. But if we are overloading ourselves on ice cream or chocolate, it does affect our bodies in a negative yes. way. So the same thing is true for music. If all we listen to is secular music all the time and we know all the words, maybe we need to really reevaluate yeah. that. But if we're driving on a long road trip with our husband or with a friend and we're listening to music and it reminds us of yeah. our past, I, you so know, much it's nostalgic okay. feelings with yeah. music. Yeah, and um, I know my husband is a huge Frank Sinatra fan. <laughs> I would not recommend Frank Sinatra because his lifestyle was not good. But I do think the music is fun. Yeah. And my husband loves to hear the big band mm-hmm. in there, like to hear those particular instruments because yeah, he was a band in, teacher. Yeah, he's a band guy. So That's cool. I think... You know, there's a there's a place. Okay, but and keep in mind too, like Christian music. There's some awesome, awesome, awesome options for Christian yeah. music. I think like sometimes, if I'm feeling discouraged, just turning on worship music in yep. my house is yep. just such an encouragement. So I think yep. we we need to do that more often sometimes too. Yep, and even have discernment in Christian music too. Very true. Yeah. Okay. What about movies, TV shows, Netflix series? What do you got? Well, I think similar to music, there's often a lot of movies and TV okay, shows. Stop until oh. that that thing okay. goes off. <laughs> okay, so now what about movies, TV shows, Netflix series? I mean, really, we can be inundated with entertaining, you know, on a screen all day long if we wanted. So, what's the scoop? We could. That's very true. I think <laughs> you know, similar to music. I think there's actually a lot of movies and TV shows that, as Christians, we really just don't need to be watching. Yeah. I think there's a lot of trashy stuff, and I think we're often more likely to err on the side of too lenient than too strict. At least I know for me, I am like, oh, trying to justify watching things that I really don't need to see. Or I heard a pastor recently say that we might watch a a TV show that we would not, we would not tell people we watched, but we skip through the bad scenes Mm -hmm. and think, oh, that's okay then. 
you know, mm-hmm. but we've actually watched it. Right, right. <laughs> and so it's probably not the best thing. Yeah. So I think like similar to what I said with music, you know, like, is this something that is honoring God? If I, if I watch this, do I, do I need to watch this? Is this yeah. going to be an encouragement to my faith? You know? Yeah. And it's good to be always questioning and adding that, like asking ourselves, is this really something that's going to help me? Right. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, I personally will be honest with people that when I'm folding clothes, I'm usually watching a documentary on something in history. Yeah. Now, not all documentaries are good. Sometimes they talk about, you know, they have a different view. They don't have a biblical worldview. So you do have to be careful and watch with, Mm -hmm. you know, with careful. And and I'm not saying I don't. I do. We have Netflix. I watch things. You know, I do the same thing. I like to watch TV when I'm folding clothes. But I have to be careful that if I I start watching something and I I feel convicted that this is not something I should be watching, I need to stop watching it. Yep. Yep. I agree. Okay. Another one is books. Like, I do know that there's a lot um, of books out there, like, that people go, no, in the mm-hmm. Christian world. You're not allowed to read. Right. So, what do you think? Like, Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, this is tricky, you know, because I think it's a, another area where people that I respect have different views on this. You know, yeah. different, I, I will respect people on both sides of the Harry Potter debate. You know, my family, we really enjoy reading those types of books and movies, but I can understand that reasoning behind not reading them because it can be seen as really an opening to dark yeah. things. But then there's also like a lot of redemption in some yes. of the stories. So again, it's one of those things where we should be gracious with others who think differently on this and be willing to listen and be open to what God would show us through what they yeah. say, but not make it this hill to die on. You know, Right. And this is another one where there are, there are times that we don't like post all over Instagram and Facebook or in our little circles, tell everybody how we're living for Christ by not having our kids read yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah. This is the time when we choose and make a decision for our family based on what our convictions and our husband's conviction is. That's mm-hmm. a big one if you're mm-hmm. married. Absolutely. And, and make a decision and then we don't have to tell everybody about it. Like yeah. if you have a personal conviction, I don't want to read it. Or maybe you have a conviction that it's okay. Exactly. You know, so I, I will say that I loved... Um, there are some books I've let my kids read, and then we've talked about them. So it has brought mm-hmm. out really good conversations it does. about things that they we needed to talk about. Yeah, so. that's good. Courtship, dating, getting married fast. Hmm. Well, I think I sort of addressed some of that when I was talking about my example from when I was a teenager, but I would love to hear what you were thinking about the getting married fast thing. Because I... Well, I would say that I think this is another one of those situations where... Um, we, I, I think we have to be cautious not to make a rule that this is how everything has to roll. Mm. So it's easy to say, like you talked about courtship and dating, kind of the, basically the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> but we have to be careful not to say that you, everybody who starts dating somebody that you have to get married within a month or something. <laughs> a month, Because, Whoa. okay, there are people who have. <laughs> wow. Because there are sometimes that the person that you are dating actually probably there's some things you got to work through, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, you can work with them through them after you get married too. But there may be a situation where it just isn't the right situation and timing. Yeah. You know. So um, I think it's important that we just remember that it is these are individual choices. Yes. And, um, and not every relationship is going to look the yeah. same. That's and for there sure. is sin. If you wait, if you you know, you can easily fall into sin if you wait too long. Yeah. To get you got to married. have some yeah. boundaries yeah. for sure. Yeah. So it's true. All right. Uh, here's a hot topic. Ooh. Uh, masks, <laughs> vaccines. Oh, please. Do we even want to talk about this? <laughs> no. <laughs> but really, it's been so divisive. We probably yeah. should talk about it. 
you know, I think there's different people who love Jesus who are going to fall on very different sides of yep. this debate about masks and about vaccines. And they both love Jesus. So yep. we need to love each other and trust our brothers and sisters in Christ to make informed decisions about this. And don't assume the worst of each other. Yeah. I think like we need to not we need to not make this our hell to die on. I think that yeah, there are better things to focus on as Christians. Like Yeah, that just makes disunity. It does. It really is. Yeah. Yep. And there's a time when we just as my mother would say, close your mouth. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes when I would just keep talking, she'd go, "Julie, just close your mouth." Because <laughs> the nice way of saying right. shut up. <laughs> it was just a nice way to say, "Stop talking about this. This yeah. isn't helping you. It's not helping me." It it, you know, like I've told myself that sometimes when I've fallen into gossip, like I've had to say, I'm just going to stop talking mm-hmm. because that's my best thing to do. Yes. So, all right. Another one that I think jumps into some concepts that women who are listening might have, and that's like the homemaking, the homesteading mm. feel like I'm baking my own bread or I'm going to make my own yogurt. There was an era of that. I don't know <laughs> I if guess. anybody does that anymore. I think it's not as much of a trend. That's right. an old trend. Yeah. Certain cleaning regimens or certain products that, oh, yes. what do you mean? You only use that product? That's the only one I use because it's so much more yeah. spiritual. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case, but <laughs> what do you got? Yeah. Well, and I thought along with this too, kind of like the way you organize or the way you yes. schedule or doing that kind of stuff. Oh, you scheduling know. and homeschooling. It was such a big thing. Yes. And there was a whole book and I loved it. I honestly loved it. <laughs> it's so funny because I hate that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, and I think this is a huge one for moms. We compare ourselves so bad in these things. Yeah. You know, we we all have different strengths and we have different skills. You and I have even noticed yeah. that in this conversation, like things that you, are, we're just different. Yep. And so there's not one right way. And we have to remember that God has given us principles to follow and that we need to obey in his word but not the methods of how to do it that's a really good thing to think about principles over methods exactly with all of these what are what is the bible what are the principles the bible says not the methods for sure so yeah we really need to be hard working in our homes we need to be doing the things god called us to do but there's more than one way to do them we can we can be careful we need to be careful not to require of others what we require of ourselves in this area because we're all learning and we're all growing and we need to have grace with each other and help each other. Yeah, that's a really good point, the concept of having grace with others. Yeah. It, and, and also what journey they're on, like where they're at. at I use the word journey and it's such a hot topic. It's a trendy <laughs> word. It's a trendy word. But where they're at in their sanctification. Exactly. That's the spiritual way to say it. Like some people just haven't gotten there yet. Right. And we can't expect everybody to be in the same spot we are. Right. And this one hit close to home for me when I was thinking about it because, you know, like I mentioned, I'm not very organized. I'm not good at that. And it's always been a struggle. And I remember when I was a young mom, I had one two-year-old and I was like, I was in the study where there was a veteran mom there who had a lot more kids than me. And she kind of made this blanket declaration that it's essential to have this daily routine for chores and for your day. You know, and I had none, I had nothing like that. (laughs) I had, I had one two-year-old and I was pregnant. And I remember I just like, lost it burst into mm. tears right in this study oh, because no. i was like i'm a failure i don't have that you know for sure it was an overreaction yes but i you know i had pregnancy hormones going on but and and now i realize like yeah short charts they really can be helpful yeah <laughs> but the thing the way that it was shared was not it was just discouraging to me yeah so we just need to be careful to not have a legalistic view of how we do those things and to mm-hmm. be an encouragement to those like you said who are in a different spot on the journey 
um, and how they can learn from us if we do it in an encouraging way, you know. Yeah. And that's exactly what another friend who was there did for me, who saw my outburst. She came, <laughs> she came over to my house and just talked me through some really practical, basic ways to do some of these things at home that were overwhelming me. And that's know? a really good point. We need to be in community with each other so yeah. that we're able to learn from those who have gone beyond us. Right. That's where I've learned lots of what I do every day is by watching women in front right. of me. And also being able to feed information to the people behind us, you exactly. know. So we're we're that's part of the community. I love that. That's great. You know, um, from our discussion today, it sounds like most of the situations are actually related to our heart, right? Mm -hmm. And everything you just told me has a word that I keep thinking of, and the word is balance. Mm -hmm. Like we have to have some balance in how we go about it. Absolutely. Now, I'm not saying we have balance when it comes to the the moral law of the Bible. We don't say, oh, we're just you know, it's okay. You know, if you don't, you don't have to get married. I'm not mm -hmm. saying, you know, like you can just live with your boyfriend. I'm not saying that kind of balance. Right. That's called, that's tolerance. And I, and that's not tolerating anything. That's tolerating sin, right? I'm saying balance as in how we go about things every day and all those hot topics that we want to put rules around. We need to have balance in regard to those around us, Yeah, you know, and point. grace. So I think it's an important, 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 <laughs> new word. I just think it's really important, you know, that we think about Okay, so let's kind of end with a couple final questions. What actually is holiness? Because we've talked about having righteousness in Christ mm -hmm. and sanctification is just a gigantic word for the process of making us holy, right, which is actually right. what all of this has been about. Exactly. So what is holiness, right? And how can we live holy or be holy? Well, holiness is being, it's being set apart and conformed to what God wants for us, to his will and to be pure and free from sin. You know, and it's a gradual process. Like you mentioned, it's that sanctification doesn't come immediately. It, as we fight our sin daily through our trials that come our way, and and it's it's Jesus's work in us. It's not our work. No, no, no matter how much we obey and change, we're never going to become completely mm. holy until we get to heaven because our we have that sinful nature that just prevents that from being possible yeah. and for we will we can't be holy like God is but you know we can become daily more and more holy as we grow in obedience and as we go through those different trials and things that happen in our lives so what are some practical ways that we could strive for holiness like today what's something we could do today or some things we could do this week well i think one important way is just seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance throughout our day, being in prayer. We have to be in regular prayer. Mm. Um, God, is, he's so quick to lead us and convict our hearts. And when we feel that prick of conviction, when we're tempted to sin, we need to listen to it. Yes. We need to be in tune to what he's saying to us in our hearts. And as we communicate with him, we're gonna grow in holiness mm. rather than doing things our own way. It makes yeah. me think of earlier this week, I was tempted to say something unkind to my husband. Like just that, that like that wells up in you where you just yeah. want to say, oh, this is, and you can either choose to say it or you can choose to obey, you know, and that's yeah. listening to that Holy Spirit's leading yeah. is what grows you in holiness. Yeah. I think one other thing you mentioned earlier in the episode, which I want to bring back out is part of, part of um, what we've all talked about, not living in pride Mm -hmm. which we all will struggle with pride, but is to get our eyes off ourselves. Yeah. So a really great practical thing might be, how can you love and serve somebody else around you? How can, and praying for that person, maybe reaching out to them. I just think those are good things to physically do. Now, of course, 
we go back to legalism. I don't want them to be a checkoff. Oh, mm-hmm. I helped someone today. I'm done. Right. But I think there's a habit we build by thinking about others and thinking about what God wants us to do for others. Yes. So I think that's a great that's another, another segue way. that Absolutely. you actually brought out already. Okay. Yeah. I mean, definitely a very more practical. That's good. Okay. So actually, um, last season, we spent the entire time talking about spiritual disciplines and those disciplines can easily cross into legalism. So um, if we're not doing them to make ourselves feel good or to boost our own righteousness in some way, right? So we talked a lot about those and you might want to head back to those and listen to some Mm -hmm. of those episodes again. Um, They're really good. They're on the topics of Bible reading, prayer, attending church, and lots of other things that really are our response that we have or should have to this gift of eternal life yeah, that God gives to really us freely. Those were really good. Those were helpful to me for sure. And I think it's sort of a perspective shift, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, we're not thinking about what can we do today? How, what do we put on our to-do list? But instead we're thinking, what does God want me to do? Yes. How does God want me to live my day? Um, so I think that's really helpful to kind of strive that direction. Hey, thank you so much for coming out, Sarah, and listening and talking with me about this topic. Um, I really appreciate your honesty. No, thanks for having me. This has been really fun to talk about and helpful to me to think through it. Yeah, I know. Every time I get these episodes together, I'm normally convicted. So Mm -hmm. I guess I have a lot of work to do. Conviction is good. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and I think um, I really love the practical examples from today's episode because we do need to think about this topic. And it's interesting that we talked at the very beginning of the topic. You brought up the legalistic things from maybe the 50s and 60s -hmm. and how it really doesn't matter. Like they might've been the hot, the trendy legalism topics then. And we have new ones. Right. And this means that in 30 years from now, we'll be doing this again. Yep. So we need to be able to realize where we see legalism in our lives, where we're living for ourselves, or are we going to live for Christ? So I really appreciate you coming on and Hey, everybody, don't forget to listen to our mom to mom special bonus season. So we have right now we've dropped our sixth episode in that season. This is our sixth episode in this season. And the next episodes are all of, of the regular podcasts are going to all be about uh, different stages of life because um, we're going to talk about what it's like to be a young college woman and how you live your life for God. Uh, what happens when you become a wife and get married and now have children? How do you live for God when you have little kids all over yeah. your, your lap on the couch? Been there. Uh, we're going to talk about the season of busyness, which could look different for women, but what are some principles to live for God there in your reality of being busy? We actually are going to have someone on that's going to talk a little bit about caregiving. And that's a kind of a season that most women end up somewhere in at some point. Yeah. And for me personally, it was when um, I had little kids. So it was like, whoa, I now have to take care of my, my, my father who's sick and dying. Mm. So how do you do that for God's glory? Yeah. And how do you live? And we have other ones coming, so you're not going to want to miss them. Sounds um, great. I'm come, excited to hear Yeah, them. it's going to be a great, a great the rest of our season. So, And hey, remember, when everything around you is shaken... You can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.